to absent friends. I recall something my father once said to me on the day I told him I was going to join the army. Alistair, he said, in life, as on the field of battle, there are old soldiers, and then there are bold soldiers. But there are very few old, bold soldiers. I didn't know what he meant at the time, but he was right. That's the thing, you see. Wear the uniform long enough, and the truth of that will out. What we do, it takes its toll on those of us left behind, and on those of us who are not. I knew a couple of fellows, bold chaps, quite alike in many ways, both willing to risk their lives for their friends and for the greater good, both equally adept at ignoring the rules when it suited them, both men I'd take a bullet for. Gone now, though. One of them I imagine I'll see again when I least expect it, Changing and yet changeless, like the seasons in its way. And the other? Well, perhaps I'll see him too someday. To absent friends, comrades in arms, to old soldiers. Placed by any stretch of the imagination. The rain did little to soften it. A sheer grey turret of stone rising out of the German countryside against heavy clouds. The castle, the Schloss, I should say, dates back hundreds of years. But the place had always been a fortress. The Nazis, the medieval lords, the Romans, the nomadic tribesmen before them, all saw the obvious strategic value of Kriegskind. A high point, easily defensible, remote, imposing, a stronghold. I hadn't seen the inside of the place in ooh, years, not since Unit had moved in and taken it for themselves. It was a good choice to house one of our secure facilities. There were dozens of them across the world, garrisons and listening posts, eyes open, and fingers on triggers, watching for signs of invasion, paranormal events, and unexplained anomalies. Unit business, as ever. All that time and the place looked little different, except for the helipad in the courtyard and the forest of microwave antennae atop the keep. I imagine it hadn't changed in centuries. I remember that it was a few weeks after the situation at Wenley Moor, the chill on me wasn't just from the rain. I had made some hard decisions. A nest of Silurians on British soil wiped out under my orders. That had not sat well with the doctor. He had stormed out of Unit HQ after a rather full and frank exchange of views between us. At the time, I didn't think he'd come back. Like so many brilliant men, he was insufferable at times. They were intelligent beings, Brigadier, he fumed. Your two races could have coexisted peacefully. I saw the matter differently, of course. I saw a threat. I removed it, or at least I thought I had at the time. But that's what a soldier does. We defend. And we make the difficult choices. The doctor thought otherwise. Quite how Miss Shaw tolerated the fellow's moods was beyond me. She went after him, told me she'd bring him around. I didn't question my own judgment. The Silurians represented a clear and present danger. But despite my certainty, it had not been an easy choice. That's why, I suppose, I was ready to step away when the message came. 
get some perspective, as it were. And to be quite honest, when I read the telex, I was rather concerned. Alistair, I need your help. Colonel Heinrich Conrad, part of Germany's contribution to Unit's global aegis. Good man, strong as an ox and pin-sharp to boot. Kriegskin base was his command and he'd done a lot with it. His technical people were top-notch. What they'd learned from researching the debris of past attacks had been invaluable to us. You must come to the Schloss as soon as you can. Our first bit on a NATO exercise in the 60s, back when the only threat we thought we had was the Russians. Fine soldier, leader of men. We've been good friends ever since. Something is very wrong here. Not a man to cry wolf. Not one to ask for aid unless it was his only option. And the tone. There was something in those words. They rang a sour note. Time is against me. You must come quickly. I had to learn why. So I went. Brigadier, welcome to Kriegskind. I am Major Erno Schrader, Colonel Conrad's second in command. I am acting as base commander while the colonel is indisposed. I never met Schrader before, but his type were like weeds sprouting in every army I'd ever seen. Sharp-faced, acid little men forced into the uniform as if it could barely contain them. Narrow eyes wound tight, anger held barely in check, looking for someone to bark at. He did all but turn me around and show me the door then and there. In return, I was rather forthright. It was wet, I had travelled quite poorly, and I was determined not to about face and go home. Not without looking Heinrich in the eyes first. I do hate to pull rank, but that was what it took. I suppose it's sometimes it's useful to have your reputation precede you. Well, finally, Schrader relented. This way, Brigadier. He ground out each word like it was a piece of broken glass, making noises about security clearance, this and compartmentalization, that. But I smelled fear on him. Get shot at enough times and fear becomes an old friend. You learn how to see it. Yourself, as well as other men. And I saw it in Kriegskind. Averted glances, hurried steps. Doors closed too quickly as we walked past them. Despite all of Schrader's assurances to the contrary, this was a base on high alert. I had some recollection of the castle's interior layout, and I approached the steps to the upper tiers. No, dear, not that way. Follow me, please. From here. It was then, with some mild alarm, that I realized where Schrader was taking me. Good Lord. Alistair, I need your help. He was as pale as death, as if his vitality had been drained, sucked out through the festoon of tubes and wires connected to the equipment by a sickbed. The room was a bleak, miserable place. Schrader must have seen the disgust on my face. This is the medical ward and laboratory facility, Brigadier. It is one of the most secure areas of the base. Some of the situations we deal with... There, I'm sure you understand. But this also makes it the safest place to be. The colonel is being given the best treatment. Everything is under control. All is well. You see, there was really no need for you to come. I looked at Heinrich Conrad, and a well man was not what I saw. He should not be disturbed. I ignored the suggestion. When I came to his bedside, I saw Heinrich's eyes flutter open. Gaze was watery and weak. Where was the hardy, vital man I knew? This was just a shadow of him, a faded grey copy. Alistair, you are too late. Too late for what, Heinrich? What's wrong? I can see them coming, moving through the ages, rising up. 
killers and the kid. They are all in danger. You should not have come here. You sent me a message. Did I? I did. Doesn't matter now. Too late. The attack. The enemy forces are massing. They're coming. An attack? By whom? From where? They won't stop until it is all destroyed. Destroyed. All of it destroyed. I've seen many things in my career that have left me unsettled. Look, the horrible void in Conrad's eyes that day is one of them. I watched him waver between lucidity and incoherence, calling out, at first enraged and then terrified. It was a dreadful thing to behold, to see a man betrayed by his own mind. You understand now, Brigadier. This is why I was reluctant to bring you here. The Colonel is a respected officer. To see him in such a state... He has been diagnosed as suffering from an acute mental breakdown, a form of post-traumatic stress disorder. I had seen similar things in other men. Even the mind-bending phenomena that unit staff confronted in the course of their duties, it was inevitable that some of us would break under the strain of it. It was our own cruel brand of shell shock. But I'm referring to other men. The Heinrich Conrad I knew had an iron will. It was not in him to simply collapse, not like this. Schrader disagreed. He must remain in our care, here. You know that better than I. <sighs> Unit looks after its own, you see. Conventional psychiatric help in civilian hospitals was out of the question. The colonel has the highest security clearance. We cannot risk the disclosure of that knowledge. It was my choice to deal with this internally. I am sure you concur. I did. And perhaps if it had been another man lying in that bed, I would have left then and there. But I knew Conrad, and I trusted him as much as I trusted Yates, Benton, Miss Shaw, even the doctor. And I couldn't walk away. Not without knowing why. When Schrader at last understood that his attempts to induce me to leave were falling on deaf ears, he had a junior officer find me temporary quarters in the East Tower. Seeing Heinrich had left me more troubled than I cared to admit. I felt drained by the experience. It was only when I was alone I began questioning the decision to remain. Realistically, what could I do for my friend? His message had been a cry for help... Perhaps if I had known earlier, I might have been able to get him the help he needed before... before... I should have left. I should have. But I couldn't. There was something, just a feeling, I couldn't define for you if I tried. You could call it a soldier's sense, if you like. Nothing preternatural, just the experience of a hundred battles fought. The ability to taste the wrongness in the air. I went to sleep that night, troubled. There was something... something miss. The sword nearly took my head clean from my shoulders. I reacted, instinct instead of thought, tumbling from the bed, fingers closing around the grip of the webley. I brought it to bear upon my assailant. There he was, clad in the battle armor of his legion, mud and blood across his breastplate, so close I could smell it. His face, empty, blank, emotionless sketch. The dull blade of the gladius glittering in the moonlight through the window. A young man in the uniform of a Roman legionary standing before me, there and yet not there. He had a haze about him, for want of a better word. He reminded me of painted glass, all translucent and ephemeral. He attacked me again. And then, gone, like smoke. I had, so it appeared, killed a ghost.
One learns to take these things in one's stride. Yeti, murderous shoproom dummies, Cybermen. As units' adversaries go, the horde of ghostly legionaries was almost, well, usual. Schrader and his troops had engaged a group of the invaders in the Great Hall. There were quite a few of them, but the Major's men had them corralled. I could see immediately that this had not been their first encounter with this sort of thing. I lent my pistol to their effort. When they fell, the Romans went without a cry or a scream. They simply faded away. You might expect a bullet to pass through an apparition and leave it unscathed, but these phantoms discorporated, left nothing behind them. Nothing but our dead or injured men, mind. I saw a young Malay chap whose arm had been opened from elbow to shoulder by a sword cut. Hardly the work of an illusion. Was this the attack Conrad warned me of? If so, what the devil's sort of enemy had we been fighting? I demanded answers from Major Schrader in no uncertain terms. You know of Kritzkin's history, yes? The castle sits atop the site of an ancient Roman garrison. There have been... Incursions, Brigadier. Not ghosts in the conventional sense, but quasi-physical forms. And the phenomena is reoccurring with increasing rapidity. I will admit, it took me a moment to moderate my annoyance at the man for keeping this from me. And from unit command. It explained much, though. The climate of tension I had sensed on arrival. Schrader's attempts to make me leave. He admitted to it. Shame-faced. The Major insisted that the issue was an internal one, something that he could deal with. If I call in Geneva, this will be taken out of my hands. The Colonel's condition will come to light and he will be stripped of his rank. Kriegskind and all the important work we do here will be shut down. A part of me understood. When you serve, there's a bond that you share with your men and respect. You deal with an issue inside the regiment. You protect your own. But one has to ask, how far does that go? I looked at the Malay lad. If it had just been Conrad, that would be one thing, but men were in harm's way here, and it was clear to me that Schrader had no idea how to deal with it. I think he resented me a little. It was becoming clear that Schrader had come to unit without a full accounting of what he would confront there. Out of his depth, he must have read that train of thought on my face. Brigadier, perhaps I could call on your experience with similar phenomena to assist us. But you understand, of course, that I will retain my authority as base commander. It would have been well within my remit to overrule Schrader and assume command of the facility. Hindsight, I shouldn't have hesitated. Geneva would have backed me, but I knew that if I did, I'd make an enemy of him, and at that moment... I needed him on my side. So I agreed. Schrader was afraid, and it was important to keep him focused. So, for the moment, I decided to indulge his fantasy that he was still in charge. But we both knew that was a lie. We were under siege from an enemy that could move through walls that could strike in a heartbeat. No, the Major wasn't in charge. Neither of us were. Schrader's men had secured the radio room in the aftermath of the last incursion and placed it under heavy guard. The men said it was to protect the communications gear from any attacks, but I had little doubt it was Schrader's way of ensuring no outside contact with HQ. I had other means, though. A device, something the doctor had concocted in his lab. I'm not a man to shy away from a challenge, you understand. I'd be a fool if I said the situation wasn't somewhat beyond me. My message was simple. I asked him for his help, although after our last conversation I had my doubts the doctor would respond. In the meantime, I decided to do as much as I could to seek any connection between the incursions of these figures from the past and Conrad's condition. Was it a confrontation with the phantoms that had brought him to this, or, or was there more to it? Who is there? Oh, friend, Lethbridge Stewart. What's happening here, Heinrich? What happened to you? I went too far, Alistair. 
I saw the threat and I went too far. But I could not let them go alone. You realize that, don't you? For the sake of the men. They have to know you are willing to make the same sacrifices. But they died, Alistair. They all died. Only me now. Did Schrader do this to you? <coughs> Schrader. A decent soldier. But limited. Afraid. Afraid of what? The unknown, Alistair. The invaders. I can see them coming. I know you can see them as well. We are so small, aren't we? So, so very small in the scheme of things. And yet they, they still come. How can we fight them? The phantoms. Coming to take it. To take everything. To, to destroy us. Destroy it all. There are so many of them and we are so weak, so limited. We cannot let them win, Alistair. We must not. He became more agitated with every word, his color rising in his cheeks. In all the years I'd known him, I'd never seen such naked fury on his face. We had to take steps. We will stop them. The invaders must be repaired. I will not let them win. I will not let them. I will. I will not. Not. We must fight them. Alistair. Old friend. Fight them. Conrad slipped away into unconsciousness and left me there in the room. I felt quite alone. When one sees a man, someone of noble character, reduced to a hollow shell of his former self, can't help but look to your own mortality. And in that room, at that moment, I am not ashamed to say I questioned my own resolve. Just for an instant. But the service allows no such introspection. It is a soldier's lot to do his duty and stand fast. And so I did, because my friend could not. I watched the dawn rise from the battlements of the castle, the sunrise casting dark pools of shadow in the lee of the towers. If anything, Kriegskind seemed even more forbidding in the early light of morning. I had not been able to return to sleep. Images of Conrad in his sickbed, the Romans and other less defined ghosts, dogged me into wakefulness. Instead, I made a circuit of the base. The troops I encountered were units' usual panoply of men and women from across the globe, and all of them, every man jack of them, were afraid. The siege was well and truly upon us. On the ramparts, I learned from a guard that Schrader had ordered a lockdown across the base, closing off all entrances and cutting all lines of communication. We were isolated from the outside world. Focus narrowed to that most simple of military equations, attacker and defender. The parachute caught the glow of the sun and they put a dozen guns upon it. I think the guards might have shot him down if I hadn't been there. Lower your weapons. That's an order. I had wondered how the doctor might respond to my message and expected it to be in so direct a manner. Ah, Brigadier, he said, tossing me his headgear. Hold up while I extricate myself from this rig, would you? There's a good fellow. One could never say that the doctor did not have a keen eye for a theatrical entrance. While one of the guards rushed off to inform Schrader of the new arrival, I brought the doctor up to speed. He had a habit of appearing to be disinterested in everything I said, but I learned from experience that he took in every word. I knew his curiosity was piqued when he raised an eyebrow at the mention of the Romans. In that velvet coat and ruffles, he looked as if he were set for an evening at the theatre, and I could see Schrader's men were quite nonplussed. He had that effect on people. They didn't know what to make of him. 
For the lower ranks of units, the Doctor was practically a myth, something that the non-coms spoke of like a campfire ghost story. But we had no need of that sort of thing here. There were quite enough real phantoms at Kriegskind. I suspect, he began, we are dealing with a time fracture, some form of irregularity bringing the Romans here from their original era. He shot me a withering stare. This isn't a matter that can be solved with guns and violence, Brigadier. I hope you understand that. I ignored the jibe. Now, I don't claim to be a learned person, certainly not like the doctor and Miss Shaw, but I've always prided myself on an unerring sense for the rightness and wrongness of things. I told him so. I couldn't shake the sense that there was something more to these incursions than just some odd slippage between the tracks of time. Nonsense! The doctor's dismissal was quite offhand. Solving this problem requires a cool and clinical mind, Brigadier. I'd expect nothing less from you. Away he went, coattails flapping, brandishing that peculiar device of his into every nook and cranny. I, on the other hand, feeling neither cool nor clinical at that juncture, decided to pursue my own line of investigation. There was something that Conrad had said which kept rising to the front of my thoughts. They died, Alistair. They all died. Only me now. What did he mean? I came to the conclusion there was only one way to find out. The base mortuary had once been a crypt. I imagine the irony of that was not lost on the souls of those who were laid there. I hadn't been sure what I would find, victims of the previous incursions and the like, but as I pored over the files detailing the autopsies of the men in Conrad's command, I found something. There were sealed records here, going back several months. Men listed as lost in the line of duty, training accidents, so the official report said. Uh, it was a euphemism I was all too familiar with, one which I'd used myself on occasion. After all, how else does one explain to a widowed army wife that her husband was disintegrated by an alien cyborg or killed by a robotic yeti? Despite unit secrecy, or perhaps because of it, we are an organization that excels in producing paperwork. Forms for everything, from procurement of silver bullets to certificates for most unusual manners of death. I knew what to look for, and I found it. A cadre of men, under Conrad's direct command, assigned to a project with no name, only a code number. 995. A group of six men, including the colonel. All of them dead, except him. Each one with a toxicology report in their file. The majority of the jargon went over my head, but I recognized evidence of poisoning. Poison? Why the devil would Conrad expose his men, even himself, to a lethal toxin? I discovered the doctor in the great hall, ignoring Schrader's men and sweeping about the chamber with increasing agitation. Most peculiar, Brigadier, he told me. I've conducted a scan for residual time particles, the sort that would be left embedded in the stone after a temporal shift in the local vicinity, and there's no sign of them, not the slightest flicker. I resisted the temptation to say, I told you so. He frowned. But if these phantoms are not the product of a time corridor, then where else can we find a solution? I offered him the files I had procured. In here, perhaps, Doctor? Ah, the military mindset. Can't blow something up without a form signed in triplicate, eh? I could swear to you that he only glanced at each page for a fraction of a second. But the look on the man's face showed me he'd seen the same incongruity I had. It appears I owe you an apology, Lethbridge Stewart, he said after a moment. See here, the doctor ran a finger over a chemical analysis report. These men were killed by the build-up of a foreign organic compound in their bloodstream. He shook his head. By the TARDIS here, I'd be able to identify it in a flash. I took his meaning immediately. Doctor, are you implying that this 
compound or whatever it was is non-terrestrial? He gave a slow nod. I've seen it before, but I can't place it. All I know for certain is that this chemical structure has strong psychoactive properties. Glanced to the bottom of the reports, and I saw Schrader's signature there on every one of them. The man had known about this all along and kept it from me. I couldn't be sure how this connected to the incursions, but once again, the Major had proved he knew more than he was admitting. My patience for the man was running thin. However, at that moment, matters conspired against us. Brigadier, said the doctor, do you feel that? A chill in the air? A smell like ozone? I did. I was about to tell him so when the shooting started. The phantoms shivered into being at the far end of the great hall. I had the Webley in my hand. This time I was ready. But these were not Roman legionaries. Not anymore. I recognized the uniforms immediately, those distinctive helmets and the rattle of the machine guns. Those are German soldiers from Earth's Second World War. The doctor pulled me aside as a rain of fire raked over the hall. But there's no time flux. How could they be here? Spectres, time shifts, whatever they were, their weapons were very, very real. The ghosts of warriors past were invading. Suddenly I understood what Conrad had meant. Time was against us. Discretion being the better part of valour and all that, and with only a few rounds left in the Webley, I encouraged the Doctor to join me in a tactical withdrawal. And they came after us, of course. How do you fight an enemy that steps through walls as if they were not there? The soldiers emerged from the stonework and gained some measure of solidity before they attacked us. We gave as good as we got. In the confines of the corridor, I came closer to them than I wanted. Pallid and ashen faces stared back at me, expressionless and empty of anything that could be considered human. I fought men hand to hand and seen the anger and the panic in their eyes. Nothing of the sort here, but it was the silence that was most unsettling. They attacked without a cry, they perished without a sound, and their bodies became vaporous ash. And then nothing. A psychoplasma matrix, perhaps, gasped the doctor. He seemed to pull these eccentric pieces of technical jargon from out of thin air. Not n-dimensional. They could be protogenic matter, or possibly a form of doctor. As I said, insufferable at times. This way. The medical ward was empty, what with the confusion and melee engulfing the castle elsewhere. Bringing the doctor to Conrad seemed to be the thing to do. If any man could fathom the depths of Heinrich's malady, it was him. But Conrad was getting worse. The doctor produced another of those Heath Robertson gadgets from his pockets and waved it at Conrad gleaning some sort of meaning from the pattern of lights and sounds it produced. I'm detecting elevated levels of that mystery compound in this man's blood. The pronouncement was quite grave. Much larger amounts than were recorded in those autopsy reports. He, he shouldn't be alive. Perhaps not, but Heinrich had always been a surprising fellow. Not one to give up easily. I think I might be able to bring him around for a moment... 
But they could do him more harm than good. I told him to do it. I was sure Conrad held the key to all of this. The doctor moved his device over Conrad's face, and for a moment I thought I saw a flash from the man I remembered. He stared at me. Alistair, my good friend, I am so sorry. Please, you must forgive me. Forgive you? For what, Heinrich? What have you done? I was a fool to think we could control it. It's alien, Alistair. More alien than we could possibly imagine. His words chilled the marrow in my bones. What have we stumbled across here? No sooner had he spoken than Conrad's brief moment of lucidity left him. Fire. Fire and destruction. All of it burning down around us. The flames and the dead. The dead. The dead. The doctor sighed. He slipped away again. His coherent mind can't maintain a grip on awareness. He's passing in and out of consciousness. I knew we had to find a way to help him. But any further discussion was forestalled by the arrival of Major Schrader and a cadre of his troops. You men, take the colonel into the main medical lab, quickly. What are you doing with him? demanded the doctor. Schrader seemed unsettled by the doctor's appearance and directed his answers to me. They are under a concerted attack from the invaders. Legionaries, 1940s soldiers, knights, barbarians. The colonel is being placed in a more secure location. The main lab is better protected. From ghosts, Major? These incursions, as you call them, are taking place all over the castle. Nothing is secure anymore. I'd reached my limit with this man. My mistake had been to indulge him when I should have taken command the moment I arrived. I demanded an explanation, but he was unwilling to speak in front of the doctor. I have read the unit briefings on this person. He is an extraterrestrial, a security risk. I might have had my own issues with the doctor at that time, but I wasn't about to debate them with Schrader. Instead, I pressed the truth from him, and it was shocking. Even now, years later, to consider the scope of it makes my gut twist. To think that we were so afraid that we were willing to cross that line. Kriegskins, as I said before, was as much a research centre as it was a military base. Project 995 was one of their most clandestine ventures. It was, if you can believe it, a plant. Something discovered in the jungles of Southeast Asia, alien in origin and with a potential locked inside that dwarfed the most dangerous weapons in the world's arsenal. Extracts from the plant form produced incredible enhancements in the mental and physiological abilities of test subjects. Kriegskind was chosen to conduct a series of human trials. It's alien, Alistair. More alien than we could imagine. All at once I understood. Conrad had chosen the test subjects himself. And because he would never allow his men to take a risk he was not willing to share, he had joined them. Heinrich had submitted himself for the testing. After attempts by the Great Intelligence, the Cybermen, the Null, the Silurians, and all the others that had tried to take Earth for themselves, we knew we were in an arms race. A fight to fend our planet against forces centuries in advance of our own. We needed weapons. But this... We need to level the playing field, Alistair. I recalled Conrad's words to me. We had met after a debrief at HQ following that unpleasant business with the Autons. Assault rifles and grenades aren't enough. We need a new breed of soldier. One that can defeat an alien invader on their own terms. Project 995 was nothing less than an attempt to create a super soldier. Conrad and Schrader as well, both of them had come to believe that the only way to defend Earth was to modify human beings. They knew their risks. No one was coerced. Every man understood what the project could mean for UNIT. They were proud to take part. Your volunteers all died, didn't they? Said the doctor. All except the colonel. 
Then the incursion started, and you panicked, didn't you, Major? Only Colonel Conrad remains from the original test group, and he must be kept safe. I believe the time shifts are the work of an alien aggressor force, clearly attempting to sabotage the project. Schrader turned on the doctor, jabbing a finger at him. He cannot be trusted. He may be an agent for the invaders, put here to gain our confidence. You have already allowed him to infiltrate units British Operations Brigadier. Man was an utter fool. But as I was about to learn, a fool with his hand on the trigger. I have taken steps to ensure that Kriegskind and Project 995 will not fall into the hands of the enemy. My heart filled with dread. I knew what he would say next. I have initiated an Arclight alert protocol. Arclight. An operational command code word. I knew it well. Very well indeed. For my sins, it was my idea to create it in the first place. Fate, it seems, is not without a sense of irony. I brailed at Schrader, but he was adamant that his choice was correct. I am acting base commander, Brigadier. That is what we agreed, is it not? And as acting base commander, it is my right to enact any order I deem necessary. The authority falls to me. It fell to me to explain the import of that word to the doctor. Arclight was a last-ditch solution, a fail-safe, a scorched-earth policy. In the event that a unit facility was in danger of falling to enemy forces, or if something within it came to represent a threat to the world at large, an Arclight protocol would be initiated. If not rescinded within a set time limit, the base's location would be sanitized. The doctor was quite disgusted. And what exactly do you mean by sanitized, Brigadier? I searched my mind for another more palatable euphemism for wiped off the face of the earth, but I confess I couldn't think of one. We had a few hours, no more than four at the most, before a bomber airstrike obliterated the castle and everything else within a two-mile radius. There was no end to them. Soldiers and swordsmen, legionaries and barbarians. For everyone we put down, there were another ten behind him. They came on in waves, one after another. In that deathly silence, broken only by the sound of weapons and the screams of our men. It was as if history itself had broken into pieces and come to kill us. I left the doctor in the lab where he worked at cobbling something together from a collection of equipment. I did the only thing I knew how to do well. I took the fight to the enemy. They pushed into us and we fell back. First beyond the ramparts, then to the walls of the keep, then into the corridors and the great hall. I purloined a radio from an unlucky sergeant who had fallen to an axe blow, and in vain I tried to raise someone, anyone, elsewhere in the facility. This is Brigadier Lethbridge-Stewart to all stations. Report in. Give your status. Over. But no answer. Nothing but static. It dawned on me that the men standing with me, the men behind us and down in the labs, we were all that remained. And with each passing moment, our numbers were diminished. I gave the order then. Schrader was hiding on the lower levels. He wasn't there to countermand. And in truth... The troops by my side were looking to me for some sort of guidance. Fall back, men. Disengage and retreat to the medical labs. Sir, it was the Malay fellow, Ming, I think his name was. Sir, there's only one way in and out of that area. We'll be bottling ourselves up. Quite correct. But at least there, we could fortify our position. We withdrew, and I shot a glance at my watch. Not long now be a toss-up for who got us first. Even if I could convince Schrader to rescind the Arclight order, the Phantoms were a heartbeat behind us. The enemy, there at the gates. The doctor accosted me the moment I returned. He was brandishing a roll of paper scrawled with some sort of analytical gibberish. I have it, Brigadier, he told me. I've identified the plant recovered by unit. He showed me a string of numbers as if he thought I'd be able to recognize a pattern in them. 
It's a very rare extraterrestrial phylum from the galaxy M33. It drifts through space in a dormant condition and takes root on planets. It's quite benign in its normal state, although it contains psychotropic elements that can stimulate radical biological changes in humans. I asked him to define radical, and his expression became bleak. Psychic potential, Lethbridge Stewart. The development of uncontrolled mental ability. Powers of the mind. First it seemed like hogwash, but then was it any more peculiar than aliens and machine men? He answered my next question while it was still forming in my mind. The phantoms aren't coming from the past to the present, at least not in the literal sense. They're being conjured from the very stone of the castle itself. It was, he explained, like a captured echo. The doctor used a lot of long words, but the theory was this. Any ancient place captures some trace of the emotion spent within it, almost a psychic mark, if you will. If those energies are strong, they linger. The test subjects were all soldiers, every one of them attuned to the bloody business of warfare and battle. When this alien plant altered their minds, what latent psychic power lay within them reached out and drew the echoes of warriors past to them. Like called to like. The doctor was correct. The phantoms had not traveled from the past. They were already here, part of Kriegskin's history, in the stone walls all around us. But those men were dead. The plant had poisoned them. The doctor shook his head. Not all of them, Brigadier. The understanding turned my blood to ice. The incursions were being caused by a psychic force. A force resonating from the mind of the last surviving test subject of Project 995. Colonel Heinrich Conrad. Predictably, that Ash Schrader refused to believe a word of it. Clearly, the pressure of the unfolding situation had become too much for him. The men were uneasy. The chain of command breaks down when the lower ranks see the officer corps arguing amongst themselves, and the major barked out his denials, his demeanor straying toward the manic. The doctor is an alien. How can you, an unit officer, trust him? He is an invader in waiting. I am not taken in by him, Brigadier. I will not countermand the Arclight order on the words and assurances of this... this... person. My decision is final. I will not leave Earth open to attack, even if you are willing to take the risk. He had signed a death warrant for us all, and I knew then that nothing I could say or do would change his mind. I spoke about fear before. Schrader had given into it and let it rule his every waking moment. The doctor was never one to suffer fools gladly, but even he saw that the situation here was balanced on a knife edge. Undeterred, always unwilling to admit defeat, he went to work on the snarls of wires and components he had gutted from the medical equipment. This doesn't have to end in blood and fire, he insisted. I can create a psionic counterwave. It may be enough to halt the phantoms. And while he worked like the devil himself, on the off chance he was wrong, I rallied the men and reloaded my Webley. I'd be damned if I wasn't going to go down fighting. The aircraft were already in the sky, vectoring in towards the castle. I reviewed the standard operating plan in my thoughts. Arclight called for a pair of F-4 fighter bombers with a strike configuration. They would each be carrying a single-fuel-air explosive bomb. Second to a tactical nuclear warhead, it was the most lethal munition we could commit to the field. Deployed against Kriegskind, they would turn the base into a mound of smouldering rubble. I still had the radio handset on me. Perhaps I might have been able to reach the pilots. But what could I tell them without the abort code? Arclight was a zero option. It was not designed to be stopped. Schrader would not cancel the order, and the only other man who could countermand him, the base commander-in-chief, was in his sickbed, his mind collapsing in on itself. 
I set the bulwark at the doors to the medical wing. Hold fast. A lull in their attacks had ended. They were advancing once again, silent and slow down the corridors. Riflemen, suppressing fire. Short control bursts. Five rounds rapid on my command. Open fire. We met them with courage, and they threw it back at us. Now I knew what these things were. I found myself searching the faces of the blank-eyed ghosts, hoping to find some of Conrad peering out at me. But no, nothing of the sort. Only cold, emotionless killers. The past's pain and bloodshed ripped from history and made flesh. And now they wanted to claim us as well. That thought chilled me that we might become new additions to their ranks. Conrad and I haunting this place until the end of time. I shook it off. Phantoms were thinning, fading into the walls instead of facing us head on. Traitor. I sprinted back into the ward and saw him, impaled on the Roman sword, crying out his last. Too late I saw that the enemy had shifted their tactics. They were flanking us, striding through stone to catch us unawares. We beat them back, but the Major's life was forfeit. He died there, and Commander Kriegskind and the handful of men who stood about his body abruptly became mine. It wasn't a turn of events I relished. We regrouped and waited for the end. I found myself listening for the noise of jet engines, wondering if the sound would even reach us inside the castle walls. I would have voiced my worries if I'd been alone. Instead, I kept the men on an even keel. I marked the time. Not long now. The war, all wars, all blurring into one. The fire and the blood. The legacy of the past. Claim the future. Now then, Heinrich, you're upsetting the men. They're coming, Alistair. You can't stop them. You see them? Out there. In here. In my mind. The war. The wars. The blood. I wanted to give him respite, something to ease the pain. But there was no cure. The alien plant had meshed itself into his body, changing him irrevocably, just as it had the other men. Only Conrad, by some quirk of biology, had been strong enough to survive it, losing his mind in the process. They're here! And so they were. From every angle they struck us. Swords, axes, maces, and machine guns. They were impossible to miss. They were impossible to escape. I contemplated it for an instant. A single round remained in the weapons chamber. Conrad, there before me, his tortured mind, the unwilling source for all the death and destruction that had happened at Kriegskind. Take the life of an enemy was one thing. But, good Lord, could I kill a man in cold blood? A comrade in arms? My friend? Could I take his life and hope he would end this madness? Brigadier, the doctor's voice brought me back to the moment. He brandished a jury-rigged device in his fist. I can hold him. It might have looked more like a piece of modern art than any sort of workable contrivance. But when the doctor flipped the switch, the damn thing worked. They stopped, every one of them. Swords raised in the killing blow, guns at our heads. All the phantoms became statues frozen in time. I dared to reach out a hand and touch one of them. Snatched back my fingers a split second later. They were cold, a deep chill I felt right down to my bones. Success, he said with a fierce grin. The counterwave is working. It's nullified the effect of the psychic field inside the castle. Better late than never, I replied. Mentally, I was still ticking off the seconds until Arclight. It was only minutes away. 
Of course, the doctor neglected to mention that the wave was highly unstable. Those bombers are still on their way, Brigadier, he said, and I'm not sure how long this device will remain operable. He gestured to the surviving soldiers. You have to get these men out while you still can. He wasn't going to leave. I heard him in the tone of his voice. Uh, the machine, his cobbled-together creation, needed someone to hold it in check, like a finger holding back the falling hammer of a pistol, but only for so long. I told him to give it to me, not to be a fool. He was far more valuable to unit, well, let's be honest, to the whole bloody universe than one brigadier. Insufferable man. Wouldn't hear of it. Someone has to stay behind, and I can survive dying a lot better than you can. No, I will do it. Henry? It was some side effect from the counterwave. However, it happened the device had allowed some measure of the man Conrad was to come back to us. He was granted a brief moment of lucidity. Heinrich, are you all right? Alistair. Doctor, this is my responsibility. I brought all this to pass. I thought we could defeat our enemies by becoming like them. But instead, all I did was unleash an even greater threat. The uncontrolled pain and horror of a thousand battles. Arclight, the bombers are still coming. Yes, I know. Brigadier Lethbred Stewart, I am reassuming my post as base commander. As ranking officer, I order you to immediately evacuate my men and the doctor from Kriegskind base. Understood, Colonel Conrad. Go on, old friend. Don't look back. It was an order. I made it. Every phantom we encountered was stock still, faces blank in death. We moved as fast as we could, and we didn't look back. None of us wanted to admit that we saw new additions to the army of spectres, men in unit kit, walking shades that mimicked those that died in the castle. The F-4s came from the south, as I expected they would, up along the line of the river. The doctor took the radio from me. Conrad has to call them off, he insisted. Attention, he called. Colonel, we're out of the castle. You're better safe. You can stand down the attack. Arclight, Arclight, respond. This is Kriegskind Actual. Code Black 7-1. The doctor asked me what that meant. Was that the abort code? No, it was anything but that. Anything but that. Kriegskind and Conrad perished together. There is some cold comfort in that, I suppose. Heinrich, no doubt, appreciated the irony of it in those last moments before the firestorm swept in. The phantoms vanished with him. Every trace of the alien plant was atomized along with all the other research materials. After the fact, I made it my concern to ensure the whole sorry business was committed to a sealed file. This would never happen again. Not while I was in unit. Not while I had anything to say about the matter. In his rush to protect his world, Conrad let his judgment slip. Propelled by fearful men like Schrader, he had made the wrong decision and paid for it. Ash began to rain down around us as the flames took hold on the hillside. And beside me, the doctor placed a hand on my shoulder. Alistair, he said, with true sadness. I'm so sorry about your friend. The choice he made. Ah, yes, the choice he made. In the end, that's what it all came back to. Conrad's choices at Kriegskind. My choices at Wenley Moor. We had both done what we thought to be right. And both of us had to weather the consequences. No matter what price they exacted. So, 
absent friends, choices made, and the consequences thereof. When the next threat comes to this planet, and it will, we will not defeat it by becoming the things that we fear. We will not defeat it by making ourselves as alien as our enemies. If we sacrifice everything that we are, then there's nothing worth defending anymore. Our sword and our shield will be the one thing that makes us unique. Our humanity. If a man loses sight of that, he loses sight of himself. It's important we remember, never forget, absent friends, comrades in arms, old soldiers. <laughs>